It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson, and I think today is Friday, isn't it, Steve? Uh, yeah, it is. It's funny you would say that. <laughs> Uh, this week I thought had two Fridays, but today is really Friday, so you made it. Congratulations. We are uh, going to have a, another big show planned for you today. Thrilled to have in segments three and four, Douglas Bruce. He is the architect of Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which was passed by the people of Colorado back in 1992, which is all about consent. It says to PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, if you want to raise our taxes, if you want to uh, incur debt that we have to pay off, or if you want to keep our tax refunds above a very generous formula of inflation plus uh, population, then you just have to ask us. And I tell you what, Steve, these PBIs do not want to ask us. They are in full force this year with Proposition CC to ask for our tax refunds forever. And uh, quite frankly, if, if you want to give your tax refunds back to the state of Colorado, feel free to do so. However, I don't think that you should be speaking for other people or the next generation. There's something immoral about that. And then there is a full-on, um, full-court press to get rid of Tabor totally next year. I think we're going to see that happen. And you know why? Is because we're going to go through a very important article is because uh, in Apparently, uh, the things that were passed down at the state house this year is going to cost a lot more than people, eat, you know, really realized. And uh, in, fra- in fact, we've got some very Im- important sound bites from the Democrat side of the aisle saying, "Wait a minute." So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this whole thing, though. As we look at these issues, it's freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Socialism ultimately comes down to force. And if something is such a great idea, we probably don't need to force people to do it. But we're continuing to see the socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, water, and many of the other things that make our lives better. And so we're going to talk about that. Thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie. Thank you for all of your good work. Uh, keeping this train on the track and we've got a big surprise that we're going to announce on monday and uh, thank you each and thank you to each of you out there listening you're treasured you're valued you have a purpose so go out there go out there and and do it and strive for excellence take care of heart soul mind and body and uh, so today i went to taxes and property for our quote since we have douglas bruce on um, in segments three and four And so John Dickinson was a founding father of the United States. He was a solicitor and politician from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Wilmington, Delaware, and he was known as the penman of the revolution for his 12 letters from a farmer in Pennsylvania, which were published individually in 1767 and 1768. And he said, then join hand in hand, brave Americans all, 
by uniting we stand and by dividing we fall. And that is very appropriate for what's going on today in America. And I would suggest uh, today, uh, be sure and smile at someone. Be sure and say thank you. That goes a long way. And uh, uh, even though we talk about all this division that's going on in America, I still find on you know, on an individual level, when uh, I walk out of the building, our building here, uh, where we broadcast, there's, you know, all kinds of different businesses, you know, all the descriptors that uh, the radicals try to uh, put us into different groups. And as individuals, a smile, some good manners goes a long way. And uh, for our funnies today, I've got three tax ones. Are you ready for this, Steve? I can't wait. Ready? Uh, wait. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, number one. Will Rogers said the income tax has made more liars out of the American people than golf has. Number two, Fred Allen said an income tax form is like a laundry list. Either way, you lose your shirt. And Art Buckwall said tax reform is when you take the taxes off things that have been taxed in the past and put taxes on things that haven't been taxed before. There you have it, Steve. You know, the first one, Will Will Rogers, he was... Uh, have you ever gone down to the Will, or I guess what do they call it, Shrine of the Sun? It's basically the Will Rogers Memorial. It's uh, on down on Shia Mountain above the zoo. Have you ever been there? No. It no. is It is a great way to spend a, an hour or two and looking at all the things that that man had to say. And he, he was a genius when it came to figuring out you know, politicians and uh, you know, their motives. So I, there, there's a whole story unto itself. Well, you know, and he did all this he with humor. And so there's, you know, there's so much truth in it. And humor has changed so much today. You know, and in fact, it's just a, you know, affirmation of, of going after uh, the American idea, Americans, Trump. Uh, it's not funny anymore. It's just more of an affirmation of, um, you know, trying to push forward a narrative. And it seems like, you know, Steve, you and I have talked a lot about this. How is it that there is a narrative? It's almost like there's a meeting uh, in, during the morning, and then this narrative is pushed out. You see it go out to the media, and then you see it with the late night show hosts. You see it in, in uh, with uh, Hollywood and their comments. It's really, it's really interesting. And I'm wondering who is pulling the uh, levers on this. But somebody is pulling the levers on this because, um, you know, it seems like that narrative comes out in the morning and it's pushed forward all day long. You've seen the videos where they'll uh, visit. Oh, eight to ten different media uh, television-based venues, and every talking head is saying the exact same thing verbatim. So if they're independent and they're somewhat competitive with each other, how in the world do they come up with the exact same uh, verbiage? Well, and uh, politicians, pundits, and professors, they're all doing that. And uh, I wasn't going to talk about this this morning, but I think I, I do want to mention it, is this whole thing with this Ukraine collusion narrative that is out there. You know, as you look at it, this is something that I really think that the Democrats did. I think that Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration did the things that they are accusing Trump of doing. And I think we're getting really close to the truth on that. So I think somebody thought up this whole uh, narrative that will do a, like Trump and collusion with Ukraine. I think Trump was just trying to figure out what was going on with Biden and the special deal that was happening with his son Hunter. 
And so he was trying to gather some information. He said, we're going to have Juliana reach out to you. We're going to have Barr reach out to you. And I think that the the Democrats uh, realize that the heat is getting really, really uh, hot. I mean, it's, and, and so I think that they are accusing Trump of what they actually did. And then one of the uh, pieces that, let me get down to this, that Patty had pulled was CNN in their reporting. Let me get to this here. Here we go. Uh, said that in the media's efforts, this is from the Federalist, in the media's efforts to tie President Donald Trump with its latest conspiracy theory, CNN skipped an entire section of the released and unredacted transcript of a phone call to charge Trump with requesting a favor he never asked for. Honestly, Steve, I don't know how anybody could trust CNN with the stuff that they're doing or the New York Times. You know, uh, the media outlets, they are supposed to be uh, searching for truth. And to not give the whole truth is dishonest. Uh, Your thoughts, Steve? Well, truth is a casualty of uh, the day that we are in. It's been that way now for 10, 12 years or more. Uh, You know, people will be drawn to, I I confess, over, you know, my years of uh, seeking out truth, uh, I was drawn to the networks that I, you know, I like the smiley face and the camera type of thing. But, you know, in the last, I don't know, somewhere over the last 20 years, I started to realize, I said, wait, wait a minute, there's there's an agenda here. This isn't just the news anymore. This is an agenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is interesting. It says the transcript that CNN read on air connects the word favor in one section with Trump's 540 words later, asking the Ukrainian leader to look into former Vice President Joe Biden and his son's Hunter's questionable business dealings with the Ukrainian energy company. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about this, but I, I wasn't sure, but it says Hunter sat on the board of the company. He was making $50,000 a month. Um, as Joe Biden bragged in 2018 on camera, his dad put pressure on the Ukrainian government to end a corruption probe into the company. I mean, uh, this is just astounding. So I think that, that they're getting so close to seeing just how what was going on with uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that somebody said, uh-oh, we've got to create a narrative. And then CNN, this is so dishonest to not include everything in that you know, I, 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 CNN has lost all credibility if there had any left with me, Steve. Am I, and am I correct that all this went down when Uncle Joe was putting on the pressure on the Ukraine? All this went down in 2016. He was still the sitting vice president, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. A simple meme on Facebook, you know, last night just simply asked the question, why aren't we investigating Joe and Hunter? Well, I think that that's what uh, Trump was trying to do. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I, you know, and and they really Trump released the whole transcript transcript of the call, and so I think that um, you know it's getting really hot in the kitchen <clears throat> for Joe Biden, and you know sometimes I almost wonder if some of the other Democrat candidates are behind uh, <laughs> behind possibly trying to take Joe down. Um, but uh, anyway, on this, I, I think that it's just really dishonest, and I think it's really questionable. And to 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 that point, yesterday we talked about this, where Governor Polis actually asked two different newspapers to pull a story. And then the other thing is, is uh, some of the major 
news outlets here in Colorado did not even cover the story that Governor Polis was pressuring, uh, you know, put, putting down this story. I mean, they didn't even publish the story. So, you know, no wonder that there's a lot of distrust with media out there right now, Steve. It's that's oh my again is this Orwellian 1984ish stuff? You got two particular outlets who did cover it, but they were under the gun from the gov to not cover it, and then the numbers of other outlets who just chose to not cover it at all. So it gets to the point where it's like, why waste your time watching all this news stuff or reading, you know, reading some of these papers, thinking you're quote unquote informed. You know, we need to be less lazy and we need to be searching for truth. And that is one of the things that we work really hard to do here uh, is to, to search for truth, because if the truth comes out, it protects everyday hardworking Coloradans. I am working through the um Oh, the Building Better Colorado uh, report that just came out. And uh, what they are have in their crosshairs is to take down Tabor. And Tabor is the one protection, Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, that protects everyday hardworking people that are trying to take care of their families, create businesses, go to work. Uh, and it keeps politicians and pundits and interested parties and bureaucrats accountable. And, man, they are coming after it. And uh, so you need to make sure that you're getting your brain around these issues. You can trust that uh, that my, me and my team are working to bring forward information to you so that we can keep government in check and you can go after your hopes and dreams. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Steve, let's go through this piece from the Colorado Sun about the Democrat agenda came with a big price tag. Now Colorado budget writers worry about paying the bill, and that's Colorado budget uh, writers on both sides of the aisle. So this is Kim Munson. We'll be right back. I can't wait. At Hooters, you can watch the games with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and those craveable wings that'll knock your taste buds into next Tuesday. Hooters girls know plenty about football, but we really know the fans who live for it. So hang out with all your buddies all season long at Hooters, your official hangout for game day. Catch all the games at Hooters and enjoy a butter Bud Light draft with 10 boneless wings, just $10. Dine for two with the pitcher and nachos, just $20. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and uh, let's have a conversation about this important piece in the Colorado Sun. 
uh, says the Democrat agenda came with a big price tag. Now Colorado budget writers worry about paying for the bill or paying the bill. Says to pass their expansive legislative agenda, the new Democrat majority at the Colorado Capitol spent big this year, real big. And now even Democrat budget writers are worried about how to make ends meet. Uh, Representative Dania Esker from uh, Pueblo said, there were a lot of bills passed last session that have continued spending, and some of those are very large. She said, I don't think we completely all truly understand what we have obligated ourselves to. That has to to be (laughs) a quote. I almost wish I had the actual audio of that because we could play it over and over again. But that that quote just has to go down somewhere very visible. That, that that's just astounding. You know what? I think we should try to find that. I think we should try to find that and have that uh, again. She said, "I don't think we completely all truly understand what we have obligated ourselves to." And who's the we that they've obligated them? Or is it the everyday, hardworking Coloradan out there that's that's basically trusting that our uh, quote unquote elected leaders you, are have our best interest in mind? You know the answer to that. First, the we is they, but then it transcends to us. The we is us. So it says the incoming chairwoman of the Joint Budget Committee issued the extraordinary warning about the forthcoming spending constraints Friday, two months before lawmakers will meet to craft the spending plan for the next fiscal year. Okay, keep going. A here. preliminary uh, the, estimate. Yeah, here we go. Here comes okay. the, best, the best part. Keep okay. going. Okay. A preliminary estimate prepared for budget writers shows the legislation approved in the 2019 session will cost an additional $80 million to $100 million in the next budget. One factor is a lowball estimate, duh, for the cost of full-day kindergarten, which is Democrat Governor Jared Polis's chief legislative priority in the first year. Now, we can ask why. I have all kinds of thoughts on that, and that is they want to get their hands on our kids earlier and earlier. But... Um, Anyway, uh, the additional costs anticipated don't include other major obligations that will come due, such as a projected $175 million to expand inpatient treatment for opioid and substance abuse under legislation approved in 2018, and another $30 million more for the state share in the federal CHIP program. That's the Children's Health Insurance Program. Steve, I want to just mention right here, as we're going to be talking with Douglas Bruce in segments three and four about Tabor and why these PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, want to get rid of uh, Tabor and uh, this year with Prop CC to make sure that they can keep our tax refunds. This is the reason why. But what they opine out there is, is that they want those... Um, uh, to keep those refunds and to get rid of Tabor because they care about roads and bridges. There's there's no roads and bridges in here at all. They also talk about education. This is an expansion of education uh, fund our needs. And so you can see how this whole thing is connected, Steve. Absolutely. Don't you love it when, okay, our guest today will be, you know, Douglas Bruce here coming up in the next uh, half hour or so. And then this the release of this story. And people will put the two of these things together and say, well, wait a minute. I, I, go back a, a couple of paragraphs there. Uh, the lowball estimate. Well, for crying out loud, 
these are pro- professional people or, or people that we have a lot of faith in. Like you have a lot of faith in the in the pilot of your of your airliner. It's not just a seventh grader up there uh, flying the plane. It's a professional pilot. And these people who are coming in and tell us, well, it was a low ball estimate for the cost of full day kindergarten. Why? Why was it a low ball estimate? Well, it was so that they could get it passed. Oh. You know, and this is another thing that I find so interesting. Let me get to this. It says... Uh, it says the September revenue forecast released last Friday by le- legislative economists shows lawmakers could have another 833 million more to spend in 2020, 2021. But that figure doesn't include required spending increases in law or inflation. The more realistic scenarios, if the current $30.5 billion budget grew by only inflation plus population, lawmakers would have 421 million to spend. Now, just stop right there. That's that's a pretty big growth right there of population plus inflation, another $421 million. But the revenues will be higher than that, and they want to keep the additional revenues instead of giving it back to us. And they may say, hey, it might only be, you know, 20 bucks per person. But 20 bucks across the spectrum, another $20 for people to have in their pocket, that's pretty important. Uh, I think that we need to try to keep government in check. But this is another thing. If the budget grew by the historical 6% rate, the additional money for next year's spending plan is reduced to $56.6 million. Uh, I am very concerned, said Senator Rachel Zinzinger, an Arvada Democrat and budget writer. I was concerned last year, and the fact that the estimates for required spending are coming in so much higher just increases my concern. I want to say, you know, haven't they been paying attention? You know, they're concerned. Well, then do something about it, Steve. Do something about it. Well, that comment you just made, well, just another 20 bucks for this or that. It's no big deal. You will stop saying that if you sit down one evening, turn off the TV, sit down for an evening, and find out for, say, 2018, what was your federal tax, your state tax, your local tax, all the fees and whatnot you incurred in just existing in this state, you will you will probably quickly stop saying, "Oh, it's just another twenty bucks." I just got my registration renewal for my vehicle, and when I saw the dollar amount they want in Douglas County for a car that old, I thought, "You guys are out of your mind." There is no way it should be this high. Well, and see, that's twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there. It all adds up, and uh, Patty has been going through. Uh, uh, let's see. No, it was Rick Turnquist that in his piece from last week, he went through all the different taxes and fees. And my gosh, it is, uh, it's like death by a thousand cuts, uh, for everyday hardworking Coloradans. And that's why we talk about these things because we need to k- keep government limited as much money in your pocket as possible while we're doing essential things <clears throat> such as roads and bridges. And then, uh, you know, let the private enterprise work on these other things. I want to do one other quote before we get to Jason, because Jason will be on in just a minute. And this was in term they're talking about uh, all day kindergarten. In terms of how to pay for it, the Polis administration argued that the cost of kindergarten could be covered 
by rising property tax collections and lessen the cost burdens on the state. I want to stop right there because this is another thing that is in the crosshairs is the Gallagher Amendment. And we've had Dennis Gallagher on and uh, former um, State Senator Dennis Gallagher as well as Rod Stewart on. And the Gallagher Amendment was put in place to keep residential taxes uh, fairly um, distributed between uh, both uh, residential and commercial. And so you can see here that they're going to be going after property taxes as well. And then I just wanted to uh, finish that up. The Democrat budget writers rebuked the idea, suggesting that it was irresponsible. Uh, it's not always certain that property tax values are going to go up and to budget for an ongoing expense on something that is not certain isn't good budgeting practice, uh, a Marino said. Uh, so we're starting to see some of these Democrat legislators come around as well and realize that there's a concern, but it could be that they're ramping everything up to try to get rid of Tabor and to try to get rid of Gallagher because of all this spending. Uh, Steve, your final thought, and we'll get to Jason. Well, I know. I, I forgive, uh, ask for forgiveness if I sound like a broken record. Going back to that, go ahead and tabulate all your taxes and fees and whatnot, and then compare that figure to your uh, your gross income and, uh, you know, enlighten yourself. Well, and then, you know what, that's why you really need to sit down with Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, and do a discovery session. Because there are ways that people can take advantage of some of the, like, the low interest rates and things out there. Right, right, Jason? That's right, Kim. Um, you know, I think they could take advantage of the historically low tax rates that we have right now. And one way to do that is to kind of snatch some of that money uh, away from the government while the taxes are low and make sure that that money is tax-free in the future, plus any growth you might get on it going forward. And you, I bet you know what I'm talking about, huh, Kim? I think so. Is that a Roth conversion, maybe? That, that's right. Uh, that's when you... Okay kind of agree to pay off the government now on some of your IRA money, the taxes you owe, and then that money plus any growth on it going forward uh, is all yours. And, Kim, if you think about it, we're, we're at the second lowest tax rates we've been at in the history of the United States of America. Uh, the 12% tax bracket for a uh, married filing jointly couple goes up to about $79,000 of taxable income. Uh, in Colorado, uh, uh, depending on your other income and how much you convert, you might not have to pay any state tax on that conversion either. So yeah, think about that. I mean, if you could buy the government out of your retirement plan or out a part of it at least, Kim, and only have to pay a 12% federal tax, I think that's kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card, to tell you the truth. You know what? That makes a lot of sense because there's so many unknowns in the future. And so as many of the knowns that you can, can control, that's a good idea. So uh, people should sit down with you and just take a look at the portfolio, do a discovery session. And if they're in a good situation, I know you say, great. But if there's some things that can be done to improve that, I know that you can help folks with that. Well, absolutely, and uh, you know, you know me. I love Roth IRAs. I think they're one of the 
biggest tax breaks that Congress ever accidentally gave us without really knowing <laughs> what they were doing. Uh, so take advantage of their stupidity. That's my new motto. Take advantage of Congress's stupidity to benefit yourself. Well, I give Jason a call at 7.30 when Natalie's at the board at 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Jason, have a great weekend. We're going to go to break, and we'll have Douglas Bruce uh, regarding Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Douglas Bruce. Uh, Douglas Bruce was the architect of Tabor, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, which was an amendment to the Constitution here in Colorado that was passed in 1992. So, Douglas Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. And there seems to be a real assault on Tabor, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, by PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that would like to be taking more of everyday, hardworking people's money. So let's set this up. What is Tabor exactly, Douglas? Tabor is an acronym for the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Makes reference to a famous figure in Colorado history, Senator Horace Tabor. You've heard of the Tabor Center and various uh, streets called Tabor. Um, This is the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights because it's a bill of rights for the individual taxpayer. And the foremost premise of the Tabor Amendment is to implement in practical legal terms uh, 
the phrase from the Declaration of Independence called the consent of the governed. Thomas Jefferson said the government exists by consent of the governed. And what we're saying in Colorado, we implement that in a practical financial way that if the government wants a bigger share of our money, they have to get our permission because it's our money. We allow government to grow every year automatically by effectively inflation plus population so that the government services remain constant in terms of inflation-adjusted dollars for an increasing population. But if they want to take more than that and have government be a bigger share of the economic pie, they have to get our permission in a ballot issue. Well, and uh, it seems like it's just good manners to uh, have to get consent of the governed, as you mentioned. Consent is pretty darn important. But why is there such an assault on uh, Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights? What we hear is the government needs more money, that we need more money for roads, that we need more money for education. Uh, how do you um, combat that narrative, Douglas Bruce? With the truth. <laughs> we simply tell people the truth, which is the government grows automatically. It's on autopilot, but if it wants a bigger share, if it says it has this wonderful new program, I mean, don't we have enough government programs already? But if it wants to propose a new program and hire more bureaucrats, they can do so. And they can do so either by taking the money from some of their existing programs. Heaven forbid they should be more efficient. Um, or they can say, we want a bigger share by raising your taxes. And the citizens, whose money it is, get to make that final decision. And I've heard this my whole life. I've been involved in politics for 50 years, 50, five, zero. And people uh, always say the government needs more money. When the government, when Tabor passed, Total state government spending was $9 billion, $9 billion with a B is in bankruptcy. It is now, 26 years later, it is $41 billion. It's a 354% increase, and they're still not satisfied. They will never be satisfied. Um, people who think that the government needs to do more and spend more, it's a zero-sum game. The more money for the government, the less money for your family. So we have to make that final decision because it's our money, it's our family, it's our freedom, it's our future. Well, and that is for sure. A 354% increase since uh, Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, was put into the Colorado Constitution. Now, there is something that is going to be on the ballot this November, those ballots are going to be mailed out in mid-October. It's called Proposition CC. It was referred by the state, legisla uh, state legislature to the ballot. And basically, it is, uh, my understanding, is asking that we give up our, our tax refunds above that generous, generous formula of population plus inflation, that we give up those tax refunds uh, forever. They never would have, have to ask us again. Is that correct, Douglas? Yes, it's very scary that people would do that. It passed in the legislature. There was only, they only found one Republican. They were obsessed with saying it was a bipartisan issue. So they found one Republican stooge, dupe, named Senator Priola. Um, and he 
was led around by the nose to support this idea that we should vote to give up our right to vote forever. That, that is the most un-American, disgusting power grab I have seen in those 50-plus years that I've been in politics. That they would ask people to, in effect, vote themselves back into slavery, that state government spending would grow without limit forever. Well, and, it, it, and, and you can't do that. I'm a recovering attorney, among other things, and you can't have a statute, which is what this is, that overrides the Constitution. You can't have a statute take away people's constitutional rights. Now, all you truck drivers and waitresses and house painters out there, you know that. The, the First Amendment we've heard about a lot, the First Amendment and the federal Constitution, is not something that's subject to being repealed in an election. Um, and the same is true for the taxpayers' bill of rights. If you don't want the refund, vote against the refund, or vote to let other people who need the money have their refund, and you can take your refund check and tear it up if you want. Uh, if you think that the government can spend your money better than you can, but I don't think most people believe that. And that's why they should go to the website that I've set up, votenocc.com, V-O-T-E-N-O-C-C.com. And they will get more information than they can absorb at one sitting, but it'll give them information about many arguments against it. But the main argument against this is not economic. It isn't about finances. It isn't about dollars. It's about your freedom, your right to vote. Now you think about all the Americans who have, <coughs> sorry, who have died since the Revolutionary War to defend our right to vote. And these people in Denver want to take it away from you by tricking you. And you need to get outraged and hand out those flyers that are listed at that website. And a hundred flyers printed on two sides cost you a dollar for paper. And you should go out and hand out a hundred every day or hand out mm -hmm. 500 a week or whatever. We've only got about six weeks left um, in this election. People are going to get their ballots in three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. And we need to get people to... Get involved, not leave it up to Kim and Doug to spread the word. They need to spread the word. Right. Everybody needs to do something. If, in fact, and we have a responsibility to pass on something good to the next generation, and quite frankly, to pass on and, and taking away their right to vote. That is not good, and uh, that's what this Proposition CC does. Now, you know what, Douglas? I need you to explain this to me because this is just a proposition. This is not an amendment to the Constitution. This is no. just a statute. So it's this illegal. Is, it's, it's illegal. It is, I can tell you. Uh, it is illegal. As a recovering attorney, I spent one infamous session in the state legislature. Those people there do not care about the Constitution. They do not care about your rights. They just want to get their hands on your money so they can spend it paying off the lobbyists and other special interests who put them in office to keep them in office. They, they are scoundrels. I'm just saying that. As I, I won't get into a, yeah, a related yeah. topic. No, we, but, yeah, we want to stay yeah, focused on, on, uh, on what that issue is. 
And it is unvirtuous to stomp all over the Constitution like this, because uh, this is a proposition. This is not an amendment to the Constitution, and the only way to change the Constitution is an amendment. Now, I do think, Douglas, that there is a movement uh, going on right now that next year they are really going to try to uh, have an amendment to get rid of um, Tabor, probably, and it's couched around Amendment 23 and the Gallagher Amendment as well. But well, what uh, I they're think- going to do is they're going to let this be done by their stooges uh, in the private sector who are basically lobbyists for bigger government and more spending. And they're going to do it through a petition drive. And they're, in effect, abusing the petition drive. They're having a petition drive to take away the Tabor Amendment, which gives people the right to vote. Well, that's the purpose of every petition, is to put something on the ballot to give people the right to vote. And they're turning the petition process upside down to have a petition for us to vote ourselves back into slavery where we don't have the right to vote. Well, and I submit to you, Douglas, that one of the reasons that Colorado has had a good economy is because of Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, because it has at least kept a check on government growing, growing, growing. And uh, as as we see what's going on down at the legislature, also what we see going on at the local level, also these special districts, uh, we see that across the spectrum that uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties want, as you say, more and more of our money. And if people are able to keep, you know, the bulk of their earnings and spend that the way they want to, they're more efficient, it's better for the economy, and they are able to thrive and prosper as individuals. Well, U.S. News and World Report uh, does a national survey every year, and they said Colorado has the best economy, number one, in the country. And Colorado, but not by coincidence, is the only state that currently has the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights in its constitution. It took nine elections, nine to get it into the Constitution. And now they want to say, having claimed that it would ruin the state and been proven that their statements are false, now they want us to say, well, never mind that we uh, told you that Colorado would be closed for business and things would collapse. Never mind. We now want all this prosperity, all the surplus, to come into our politicians' pockets. We don't want you to benefit from that prosperity. We Never mind that we didn't tell you the truth, and now we want your money. Wow. You know, Douglas, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the ballot language on that. You know that stuff is really important. And right. uh, I think that the ballot language is very deceptive. So let's go to break, and we will be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Enjoy three movies under the stars, all for only $9. Angel Has Fallen, It, Chapter 2, and Scary Stories. 
The 88 Drive-In is moving to their fall schedule, so they will be open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, but closed Tuesday and Wednesday. The box office opens at 6 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and 6.30 p.m. Sunday, Monday, Thursday. For more information, visit 88drivein.net. Welcome back to the show, and I'm having a conversation with Douglas Bruce. Douglas Bruce was the author of TABOR, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, which is an amendment to the Constitution here in Colorado. It was passed in 1992, and the real purpose was is that uh, to protect the taxpayers, that they should, in essence, be able to keep most of the fruits of their labor. And if, in fact, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties wanted to make the case for raising taxes or incurring debt or keeping our tax refunds above a generous formula of population plus inflation. They just needed to get our consent. They just needed to ask us. Well, they are coming after it. This particular election here in November, Proposition CC referred by the state legislature to the ballot, and it is trying to overturn an amendment with a statute. You can't do that. That's not legal. But Douglas Bruce, the language that this is, it's very brilliant in a diabolical way because it's not the truth. Tell us about the ballot language. The ballot language begins with three words, quote, without raising taxes, close quote, without raising taxes. That means supposedly it's not going to cost you any more money. And when they put this on the ballot in May, they're... um, economists in the legislature thought that uh, that was a true statement. But then they did another quarterly survey, and they saw that state revenue, because of our prosperity, was growing much faster than it was allowed to grow. And we were, in the next three years, going to have excess taxation of $1.3 billion, billion with a B as in bankruptcy. Now, they're growing over a billion dollars a year automatically, but this was $1.3 billion above that. And therefore, when the government takes your refunds that you're entitled to by law, by the Constitution, that, that is a tax increase because at the end of the year you pay more in total taxes than if you got to keep your money. And so it's an absolute lie. They lie all the time, every day up there. That's what made me so disgusted at the legislative proceedings. If people talk about lying politicians. Well, this is the prime example, and people should not reward their lies. And that's why people need to vote no on double C. Well, and to that, uh, the... Uh those that are trying to push forward this proposition, CC, and, and the question on the ballot will be whether or not we will uh, give up our right to vote on let the government keep our excess tax refunds forever. So we're not only speaking for ourselves, we're speaking for the next generation. And there's something right. unvirtuous about that. You're doing something to take away the rights of your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor's children, um, everybody in Colorado forever. And that's, in effect, when you take away people's right to vote, you're putting them back into slavery. Well, the other thing that is uh, a bit deceptive, uh, dishonest might be the word, and that is is those that are pushing for 
uh, approval of Proposition CC are saying that this uh, this additional money that they'll keep instead of giving it back to us will go to education. It will go to uh, transportation. These are things that that everyday people it, they're concerned about it. It affects them. But in essence, Casey Becker, who Representative Becker. Uh, was on the floor who of, of the House down here and said, well, we cannot actually make promises for how future legislatures would spend that money. And so while they say it would go to transportation and education, they can't make sure that that happens. So that's deceptive also, Douglas Bruce. Well, what's important is K.C. Becker, those are her initials, K.C., um, she is making a promise. That's what a ballot title is. It's a promise as to what the measure would do. And she's saying she can't make a promise that's binding against the next generation of politicians. And therefore, it's not really binding on their promises to the voters. They, they are not telling the voters the truth. And we have experience with that because 14 years ago, in 2005, we had a ballot issue called C. This is now double C. They're doubling down on it. And issue referendum C in 2005 said it was a five-year timeout. Five, count it on your fingers, five years. And they are still taking away our refunds 14 years later. So it wasn't a five-year timeout. It was, without their telling us this, an attempt to amend the Constitution by a statute, which you pointed out correctly, they cannot do. So, And they, they made the same promise for the same spending programs, they said it was for roads and education. They said it's for roads to get, try to get Republican votes, and they said it was for education to get the votes of the teachers' union and people like that. And the money, of course, is not going for education. It's going for pay raises. And just because you pay a teacher $5,000 more <laughs> doesn't make him a 10% better teacher. But at least with roads, the reason Republicans sort of like it is they can see at least some road work, no matter how inefficient and how wasteful and how long it takes. There is at least something tangible that you can see. The rest of the money is going to one half of one percent of the population. That the tax refunds for from five and a half million Colorado citizens are going to half of 1% of the population that have political influence. Well, and and to that point regarding I think that I think that most people would like to see more money to get into the classroom. Uh, I but think it does, this is not $1 for one child. Not yeah, one child exactly. will get $1 out of this. Exactly. And that, that even assumes <clears throat> that the more you spend on government programs the better the results and we all know from the federal, state, and local level, that that's not true. Government has got a glut of money, and it ends up wasting it because it would never, on its own, unless it's required by the Constitution, give the money back to the citizens. Well, and my understanding in the education realm, and, and this is a kind of, I'm, well, I think it's an important for people to understand that when we have raised taxes, quote unquote, for education, that it's gone to grow administration instead of actually getting to teachers. Here, here's a very simple fact, which is becoming true in almost every school district in Colorado. A majority of the employees 
are not teachers. The only part of education that causes learning for students is the part that interacts between teachers and students. All these administrators and deputy assistant principals for curriculum and so on, these are people making six-figure salaries, and they don't teach one student. They don't see one student at all. They're just part of the bureaucracy. And plus benefits and, and also then uh, uh, para-retirement re- as well, which that's oh, upside down. para-retirement, it's a, it's a scandal that is uh, slowly beginning to uh, implode because we have the state talk about deficit spending. The state has a deficit of over $30 billion, with a B, $30 billion in unfunded promises that it made. That's more broken promises uh, to fund their overly generous pensions for people. They made promises that they couldn't keep, but the politicians didn't care because four or eight years later they were going to be out of office, and this is a ticking time bomb that's going to implode on the state budget in 20 years. But the money here is not going for that directly, but the government can shift the money anytime it wants. And I don't say this as somebody that has any uh, anger against teachers. My mother, father, and brother were all public school teachers. and But I know that there's been an explosion of spending because it's good politics for Democrats, just like spending more on roads is good politics, supposedly, for Republicans. But they want to take some two totally unrelated topics and do a political backroom deal and say, well, I'll give you this many billion for roads if you give me this many billions for and, uh, and it's not necessarily yeah it's not necessarily roads uh, they say transportation we well, that are, includes transit transit yep. means buses it means you got uh, trains you can have trains that, that have ninety uh, percent of the seats are empty and uh, we're supposed to pay for it because it's politically correct. And and also, just think about when I was headed over to the station this morning, I saw uh, several buses that went uh, went past with not a person on them. So you talk about uh, the environmental um, concerns about running empty buses and empty trains. But, Douglas Bruce, we are just about out of time. And this website is votenocc.com. There is a flyer with 14 points there. I would recommend that people get get up to speed on that. And talk with all of your friends, your family. Make sure that they go out and vote this particular election season. Get those ballots in and vote no on CC. Douglas Bruce, your final thought. We need mass distribution, and they need to not just read the flyer that says 14 points, but print it out and print out the state spending chart, which shows the enormous increase in state government spending, 354% in the 25 years since Tabor passed, and uh, they need to print that out to people and multiply. If 100 people give out 100 flyers, that's 10,000. And if those 10,000 people give out 100 flyers, that's 1 million flyers, and we will defeat this nasty, un-American, vicious, dishonest ballot issue 
Proposition CC. Okay, well, Douglas Bruce, thank you so much, and thank you for um, being the architect of Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. It has been a great thing for Colorado, and we need to protect it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Our quote for today is a little long, but it's really important. It's by John Dickinson, who is one of our founding fathers. No free people ever existed or can ever exist without keeping the purse strings in their own hands. Where this is the case, they have a constitutional check upon the administration, which may thereby be brought into order without violence. But when such a power is not lodged in the people, oppression proceeds uncontrolled in its career till the governed, transported into rage, seek redress in the midst of blood and confusion. Wow. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry.